With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Strikes out of right wing, scores! Leon Dreisaitl, short side roof, dead centers it. Oh, what a save by Skinner! And he covers it up! Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. All right, so we got the Hockey Hall of Fame class for 2023. Now, the induction ceremony, not until November 13th, but they announced who's going in today. We had conversation about this on the show last night with Eric Duhatchik from The Athletic, who used to be on the Hall of Fame selection committee. He is no longer. But uh, Henrik Lundqvist, the former goaltender for the Rangers, is going in. A goalie-heavy class. Tom Barrasso, who won a couple Stanley Cups as the goaltender for the Penguins, uh, burst onto the scene with Buffalo in the 1980s. Uh, also remember him playing for Ottawa. Mike Vernon, former goaltender for the Calgary Flames, won a cup there in 89. Lost a cup final with them as a rookie in 86 to Patrick Waugh and the Canadians. Also won a cup with Detroit. He goes in and Pierre Turgeon also goes into the Hockey Hall of Fame. Pierre Turgeon had a lot of points. I'm not sure if I would pick him to be one of my centers if I needed to win one game in the playoffs. Maybe I'm just a miserable curmudgeon. So those are the four uh, men who go in in the playing category. Caroline Ouellette goes in, won four Olympic gold medals with Canada's women's hockey team. She was passed over last season. Ken Hitchcock. Ken Hitchcock, Edmonton native, great NHL coach, including a brief tenure here with the Oilers, uh, I guess about four years ago now. He's going to go into the Hall of Fame, won the Stanley Cup with Dallas, and former agent and GM Pierre Lacroix, who passed away in 2020, will enter as builders. So we had a bit of this discussion last night about the Hall of Fame. Uh, first of all, a couple of people wrote in and said they don't really care too much about the Hall of Fame. I'm sure other people do. It always inspires debate. Is it the Hall of Fame? Is it the Hall of Excellence? Is it the Hall of Very Good? Uh, as I said, I, I could sit here and, and quibble about Pierre Turgeon. I just think if you were never one of the best players at your position at any point in your career, or at least for an extended stretch, I should say, then, then do you really be belong in the Hockey Hall of Fame? I, I mean, you should, or, or, or the best at what you did. And we can include checking and defense in that. And maybe that's why goaltenders are underrepresented. And, and maybe this, uh, this selection committee is making up for that a little bit by putting not just Lundqvist in, who in my mind is a no-brainer, but also Barrasso and Vernon. There, there aren't a lot of goalies in there, but maybe that's why there aren't, because the goaltending... As the position, it's it's hard to be one of the top goalies in the league for seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven years. You know, Lundqvist did it 
Patrick Waugh did it, in, you know, I'm thinking in my lifetime here. I mean, even Barrasso and Vernon were very, very good goaltenders, and there were times you would have said they're one of the top goalies in the league. I don't know if you would have said that for, a, a, you know, a six to ten year stretch. So it's hard, and maybe that's why there aren't as many goalies in. Uh, Pierre Turgeon got a lot of points in an offensive era. I, I, I'm, I'm surprised he's going in, you know, when maybe you could have put Jeremy Roenick in. A lot of people talking about Alexander McGillney today. But it is an interesting debate, one we will continue later on in this program with a gentleman by the name of Jason Greger, who for several years on TSN 1260 hosted a show from 2 to 6 p.m. I don't even know how long Jason did a show. It was a, a, a long time. Um, he will be in studio starting after the 7 o'clock news tonight. Uh, it was one week ago today that station went off the air. And obviously Jason, one of the guys affected by this. So uh, we talked last week and kind of like uh, we were kind of thinking. I, I, feel like, I feel like it was one of those conversations where it was, it was, almost, like, it was almost like trying to ask somebody out that you got a crush on. But it wasn't exactly like that. But you get kind of you're nervous about bringing it up. You had the butterflies we, we, in your stomach. We both the whole deal. we both kind of knew it was in the air over the mm -hmm. phone. It's like, well, he had this show. You know, we've always got along. We like talking to each other when we your see each other. Your friends have been saying at that Oilers, you guys uh, at be, Oilers practice or whatever. Know. We just we actually we recently just saw each other at the uh, uh, Edmonton Stingers game. That uh, I guess when was that? About a month ago. Went to a game. Jason was there with his son, and we mm -hmm. we sat together and talked a lot there. So you know, we, we, you know, I texted him last week and then he gave it a day and wrote me back said hey a lot of messages man like thanks and we wound up talking on the phone and then finally i don't know who brought it up I was like well I, you could come on my show and we could just talk about what happened and some other stuff so he's coming in tonight so that's going to be uh, pretty fun and we're going to do one of our special segments with uh, jason tonight as well so that is between seven and eight after the six thirty news we were hoping to get this gentleman on the show last week, but he's pretty busy because he's a professional golfer. Edmonton's Will Bateman is going to be on the program. He played in the Canadian Open, had that uh, great round on Friday, and he's going to tell the stories, the story about uh, switching his putter right before that round, and it worked out, made the cut at the Canadian Open. I believe only the second time he's played a, a, an event on the PGA Tour. He's, uh, he's doing pretty good on the Corn Ferry Tour this year. If you're not a big golf fan, the Corn Ferry Tour is basically AAA to the PGA Tour. It's one step below. So the top players from the Corn Ferry Tour this year are are going to get PGA Tour cards next season, and Will Bateman is in the mix for that. He's going to have to perform here down the stretch, but he, he's definitely in the conversation to get a PGA Tour card for next season, which would be pretty cool. So uh, Will Bateman will be on the show between 6.30 and 7. I, I know it's a really good interview because, uh, and full disclosure, because of Will's schedule, we had to tape the interview this morning because he had to play in a pro-am in Oklahoma this afternoon. So <laughs> they're, they're probably still on the course or doing some of the related pro-am festivities. But a really interesting chat with him. He won the Edmonton event last year on the Canadian Tour. He was the top golfer on the Canadian Tour, which is how he got onto the Corn Ferry. So he continues to build his career. Of course, the Edmonton Elks. Back in game action on Sunday, 3.30 for the countdown to kick off here on 6.30, Chet. The game will start at 5 as they will play the Toronto Argos. We have been talking a lot about the Elks over the last couple of days because it has been uh, an abysmal start to the season, especially offense. On offense, 13 points against Saskatchewan. Uh, had a chance to go ahead late in the game. First and goal from the one, didn't score. That was the big story last week. And then this week, uh, well, even more painful because they, they didn't get a point 
They didn't get a point. They had under 100 yards passing. And one guy we've been talking about a lot is the quarterback on the team, Taylor Cornelius, who looked last year like he was uh, taking strides towards being a pretty good CFL quarterback. Maybe not a star, maybe not the best in the league, but a solid guy who could distribute the ball, use his legs when needed. We have not seen that from Cornelius this season. And we can discuss, and we have on this show, we've taken calls and texts, how, how much is on him, how much is on, you know, O-line, running game, play calling, the injury Cornelius had late last season when he had the, the spleen injury. All that kind of stuff might factor in. But the bottom line is, even if there are other factors, the QB play has not been good enough, and uh, he's going to have to approve if the Elks are going to start winning some games and scoring some points. Dave Campbell spoke with Cornelius at practice today. How do you spit the bad taste out of your mouth from that game? Uh, I mean, you know, it was hard uh, to swallow that one just from a pride standpoint, you know. Um, but we went back in, watched the film, you know, a few days ago, you know, saw, you know, just how many little mistakes turn into a big, you know, problem. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, it was all over the place. Um, but at the at the end of the day, we were professionals and, and we got to correct them and, and make it better. And, you know, we're not going to do that again. Yeah. So how tough was it to watch that film or was there any anticipation to watch that film uh even if it was a bit negative but to you know the anticipation of well we have to watch this even though we won't like what we see to yeah. get better no yeah i wanted to watch it on the plane uh just to see you know what the heck was going on mm. uh from you know a bird's eye view and things like that but you know uh after watching it you know we know how good we can be, and, and this team can be, uh, and, and we'll put a, together a, a much better performance. And, and you know that that's in the past. You know we've got guys in uh, you know different places now, and you know we'll be good. Yeah, the bird's eye view was boy it's it's never one thing it's never one thing in this game but it looked like everything was kind of the issue so let me ask you this are they correctable issues yeah absolutely everything that you know we saw uh you know was correctable it was wasn't something that we felt like you know they just did something that we couldn't, you know, have an answer for. Everything, you know, out there, uh, you know, we, we could have had an answer for if we would have done something differently and, uh, you know, made the corrections and, and, you know, we'll be better and we've fixed those mistakes. Yeah. So you can only talk about your own performance. So tell me your performance from the first two games. What do you think in general, because you're not going to spill the beans here, but uh, what in general do you think does Taylor Cornelius need to do to, to get back to his level? Yeah, just just stop thinking so much and, and play free and, and trust those guys, you know. Um, you know, we, we've got a good group of guys here. Uh, and, and just, you know, spread the wealth, get them involved, and, and you know, allow them to make plays. Yeah. There's answers on this offense, though, right, for a quarterback. A quarterback would love these answers. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, the guys we got here are unbelievable, uh, talented uh, on the field, and, and they're just special people off the field, you know. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're excited moving forward, and, and we're going to get this thing right. Uh, coming in you had a good game against them last year even though you know you sadly couldn't escape with a win unfortunately you had a big injury that we found out in the next morning but tell me about facing this this team again that you're you know you, you, not that long ago since you faced them yeah um you know they're a good team they're a good football team um you know they they throw a lot at you but you know we're 
uh, excited for the matchup. You know, obviously they, they played really well against Hamilton uh, on both sides of the ball, and we're looking forward to the matchup. Yeah, we always say, hey, is there an advantage to a short week? Is there an advantage to a longer week? Yeah, I, I think this week we needed a longer week just to, to come in and really have time to, you know, look in the mirror and, and see what we got to do better. Uh, you know, offensively, um, you know, we got to play better for this defense and, and provide, you know, points for them. They've been playing great all year. Yeah. So how, how do you handle that? You, you know your defense is playing well, and it's, it's a team loss. They're, they're not going to say, well, we're, we're better than you. We're better than the offensive right. phase. But uh, as a member of the offense that you know you're struggling in the defense, is you know doing their part how do you uh, I mean Adam Conard said we're supporting them you know it's not like like we're turning their back on them but uh, I'm sure instinctually you're probably going oh geez yeah it sucks to to let them down like that you know uh, to not come out and and perform the way we want to perform and perform how we know we can uh, and to put up points like this offense should Um, you know it's disappointing you know we we feel you know the need that we got to go out there and, and play you know with our heads on fire or hair on fire and you know get points this game and, and you know provide a spark for them too you, you said something pretty key too don't think so much you know play free because if you're pressing too much I would imagine that's not going to be a good tonic either yeah you know I think that's what you know we feel like we kind of tried to do too much uh, offensively. We've got all these weapons, uh, and we want to make the home run play every time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we just got to take what the defense gives us, you know, uh, and the shots will come. All right, so there's a little bit from Taylor Cornelius, who remains the starting quarterback for your Edmonton Elks, talking with Dave Campbell earlier today after the Elks practice. Uh, yeah, he said th- that a lot of the shortcomings on offense are correctable. Well, I hope he's right uh, because, well, I guess you pretty much have to correct everything when uh, when you didn't score. We've talked about it a lot. Really discouraging game against the Lions. They didn't drive the ball. They didn't try a couple of field goals when they had a chance. They couldn't convert on second down. Uh, they had a good running play to get into scoring position and then fumbled on the next play. It just seemed like everything went wrong. Is the team actually better than that? Probably. But if you go by uh, off some of the shortcomings against Saskatchewan, there is reason to be concerned. Playing the Argos now on Sunday, who have only played one game, uh, they beat Hamilton fairly convincingly. I'm, I, I'm not convinced Hamilton's a very good team, so we'll get more information on the Argos as well. Their quarterback, Chad Kelly, is helped them win a Grey Cup last year, but he's still relatively unproven in the league too, and he's going to have to deal with the Chris Jones defense. So some of the storylines coming up for Sunday. Of course, I'm happy to hear from you whether you want to talk about the Elks, whether you want to talk about the Hall of Fame or whatever else. 780-496-0063. That is the hotline presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. You can email the show, insidesports at 630shed.com. Follow me on Twitter at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D W-I-L-K-I-N-S. Back in a couple of minutes. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. Blue Jays played earlier today on the road against the Miami Marlins, won the game 6-3. 780-496-0063 is the Certainty Hotline. We have Steve standing by. Hello, Steve. Nice to hear from you. Yeah, hi. How are you? Um, 
I just curious. I wanted to find out, or I'm just not sure why um, the Elks aren't trying uh, Trey Ford as a um, quarterback. At least as far as the, uh, if they, he had he had full control of the team last year before he got injured, and then they never, they haven't let him come back yet. I think it just makes sense for them to try and use them, maybe even a rotation, one one game in, one game out for both of them until they both either one of them can really show their stuff. Yeah, stay, stay on the line, Steve. I think that's a good question, and I think with the way the offense has gone, uh, bringing up anybody at quarterback is relevant. Somebody even asked me today about the fourth stringer, uh, Jared Dagey, who I, I mean, he's, he's a fourth stringer, so I don't know if he's ready yet. He, he looked okay in Calgary in the preseason game. Here, here's what I think about Trey Ford. First of all, he's listed as third on the depth chart. So as much as we're talking about the coaching staff and we're criticizing the coaching staff as well, I guess to some extent we have to trust them and they think he's the third best quarterback. Jones actually did reference Loxley in his postgame clip on Saturday. So he kind of acknowledged that if Cornelius went out, it would be Loxley. So that's how they see it. I think Trey Ford uh, is outstanding using his legs. I know he led a couple of good drives in the preseason. I, I, I still wonder about his consistency throwing the ball. And I also had somebody say to me, uh, and look, Steve, I'm sure you know people who played football and probably even who played in the CFL like I do. I mean, a lot of ex-players ex, uh, have settled in Edmonton. Somebody yeah. did say to me today that they're not sure if Trey Ford, the way he plays, could withstand a long season that he might wind up getting hit too much the way he run, runs around now but sh could there be a package for trey ford i, I mean at this point I, I i mean you try almost anything right but i think that's why he's not higher on the depth chart now you may not agree with that i may not agree with all of it either but i think that's why they list him as number three right i just think it would be beautiful to see a canadian uh quarterback in the cfl well, we saw one last year. Now where is he, right? Because he was so good <laughs> with, with, with Rourke, right, in, in BC. And, and, I also, and, I, and I said this last night or the night before because somebody texted in about Ford. Like, if I'm going to give you all the – I think we got to look at the, the whole thing. Exciting talent, mobile. Uh, you know, we can question his, his throwing, but we haven't seen him throw a lot. The game he won last year, he played okay, and then they won on a defensive fumble return. And sometimes that happens, right? The quarterback is listed as the winner. So he was he was good against Hamilton. He wasn't outstanding. And then he got hurt on, like, the fourth play of the game the next week, right? So who knows yeah. if he, if he would have had a chance to keep playing. But, but fair question, give it to Howard going, because they did – like, they didn't even have an exciting play against BC. <laughs> no, it was terrible. <laughs> okay. Thanks for calling, Steve. Yeah, thank you. 780-496-0063. Uh, we'll talk more about the Elks later. Probably Jason Greger and I will talk about them a little bit, too. We'll uh, go to the golf course with Edmonton's Will Bateman coming up.